everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio with one of our Watermark students because it's a Wednesday. It's Emmy McGee. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Emmy, I am so glad you're here. We've never actually officially met. And so in an effort to make a big place feel small, we have tons of guests on this podcast. I want to know your story. Who are you? How'd you come to know the Lord? And then fast forward, where are you now? Mm -hmm. Yes. So By the grace of God, I can't really remember a time in my life that I didn't know Jesus. But I think for a while, it wasn't personal. I viewed God as this, like, far-off thing um, to be learned about. And I was just filled with pride, kind of coasted through life. And that all came to a breaking point. End of my sophomore year, um, I started struggling with mental illness and had some health complications that we didn't know what was going on. That even led me, I dropped out of school halfway through my junior year. Mm. And so I was like brought to my knees and like forced into a posture of dependence almost. But I'm so, so grateful that that's how it happened because I learned how to have true companionship with Jesus. I learned the true joy to be found in that. And I learned like the comfort of knowing that we have not um, a high priest who does not like understand us and our weaknesses. That's right. So let me ask you this. If one of your your friends at school, you're a senior now, Mm -hmm. one of your friends at school was like, Emmy, who is Jesus? Who's this Jesus guy? Why should I care about him? What would be your, your gospel presentation in that moment? I think the the first thing I would say is that there is absolutely nothing we offer. There's nothing we have done to deserve what Jesus, the gift he gave us. And the wages of sin we know is death. And Jesus took that penalty. He bore our sin and our shame and the wrath of God so that when God looks on us, he sees his blameless child. He doesn't see our sin that we constantly run back to. And he's also victorious over the things. Like he rose from the grave. So he experienced the life, he experienced life on this earth, he experienced death, and he defeated it all, which is an encouraging. I mean, I'm sure for you that's been anchoring when you Mm -hmm. have had these low seasons that you can remember, hey, Jesus— he knows what it's like, yeah, and he's triumphed over it, which is pretty cool. Okay, but I'm taking us on a tangent. We got to get to Exodus 3 and 4. So give me, Emmy, what are some observations, as you read these two chapters, observations you made about Moses? Mm-hmm. So my big observation about Moses is that he makes five main excuses. Um, when God calls him to obedience— he continually gives excuses. And I just think we are completely like Moses in this way of when we're called to do something we don't want to do, we will find so many reasons to not do it. But the Lord is faithful to answer every one of them. So the first one I saw was he says he's not good enough. Hmm. And God shows him that he is a vessel for God's love. He 
Moses says, I don't have the answers. And God reminds him that it was never about Moses anyway. Um, Moses says, I don't have respect from people, but God gives him tools and gives him the confidence he needs. He didn't dismiss the excuse, but he helped Moses overcome it. The fourth one is when Moses says he's not a gifted speaker. And I think it's how sweet it is that God makes it so clear that he never asks flawless people to do his work. That's and right. He doesn't expect that of us. And finally, he says, like, I'm not as qualified as someone else. Like, why me? Yeah, you could have picked anybody. Yeah. Why absolutely. would you choose me? I'm a murderer. Are you crazy, God? And that's what God responds, like, rightfully in in righteous anger. And we see as Moses is slow to accept his work, but once he does, he's faithful. And I had a just a moment of thinking, what would have happened if, like, Moses quit? Like, think about what he would have missed out on mm-hmm. if he chose to give in to those excuses and believe those lies that he was presenting to God. Totally. So I just think overall, understanding that we are a vessel for the love of God, and he doesn't ask us to be blameless or a wonderful, eloquent speaker. He just asks for our gifts and for our commitment. And so I think that was something I've been thinking through and I've been really encouraged about. That's awesome. How are you encouraged by God's response to Moses? I think no matter who we are or like what stage of life we're in, that's something we all face as we all are fearful of man. Um, And that comes as a result of not completely fearing God. Mm. And so I think I was encouraged how God like continually reminds Moses, like it's not even about him at all. It never was. But God like gives Moses what he needs to do the job that he asks him to do. He doesn't ask something of him and then let him do it alone. Like he stands by Moses as he does his work and he rewards him and gives him fruit of his labors. And Moses sees what God is doing. Um, he That's not ever lost on him of like why God asked him to do that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, switching gears. I think we covered a lot of ground there. We've got a, a big interpretive challenge as we start to move through Exodus. And if Friends listening, if you're tracking along in your journals, you saw the note at the bottom of the page, why does God harden Pharaoh's heart? And so I'm sitting across from a 17-year-old filled with the Spirit, and we're going to tackle this question. Um, But when we get to Exodus 14, we're going to have a theologian take over the podcast for two episodes, and we're going to do a deeper dive there. But for now, we're here. We're believers. We have the Spirit. We have His Word. We have God's people. How would you approach, Emmy, that question? Why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Or what's happening? What are we yes. looking at? I think that's it's a really tricky question. Um, and I think it's really easy to get bogged down by, that doesn't seem fair, or why would God do that? But I think it's really clear in the next few chapters that Pharaoh is actively hardening his own heart. Mm. It's not like he's just sitting there one day and God just like zaps him with a hard heart. Um, And so I think that's important to understand and that, but ultimately God allows it to happen Mm -hmm. because he is glorified through it. And he shows the Israelites who are constantly wandering and going and 
He's showing the Israelites that he is the one true God, even when they continually are tempted to worship idols or other things. He shows their powerlessness and his complete power as the one true God. God does what he pleases, ultimately. But I think an analogy I've been thinking through, or that this reminded me of, of when you think about heat, when it's applied to things, they respond differently. So clay, it will harden, whereas wax would melt. And that's just something that has been my prayer after reading these few chapters that I would be, would have a soft heart mm-hmm. or that I would melt in response to God applying pressure, that I wouldn't harden like clay, like Pharaoh did. But ultimately, if we just zoom out, this is a foreshadowing of what's to come, but this is ultimately a macro story of God moving his people from one place to another in his sovereignty. That's what Exodus is. And so I think it's okay if we don't understand all the details, if we don't I mean, who are we to pretend that we understand the the heart of God and why yeah. he does what he does? So I think that's not something to be discouraged about if we don't completely understand it. Totally. That illustration about how we respond to heat is so good because as you were as you were sharing that, I think that is a really interesting point of application as we think about Pharaoh and that he responded to this stress in his life. I mean, the Israelites were his workforce, mm-hmm. and the idea of his entire workforce being removed creates stress, pressure, heat, if you will. Yes. And in Romans 5, we we read, not only that, Paul writes, but we rejoice in our sufferings. This would be the soft heart, this the heart that is surrendered to the work of God. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. That's speaking to believers today. But it's a good reminder that when we experience heat, when we experience suffering, when we experience persecution for our faith, mental health or physical health or conflict— that our response can be indicative of our view to God. And like you said at the very beginning of this episode, which was so great, we're either fearing people or circumstances or fearing God. And how are we navigating that tension? And it's something we have to evaluate. I mean, I would say daily, if not hourly, like every minute. Emmy, thank you for being here. I know Emmy came in, we're recording this during lunchtime at school, so she, (laughs) with parents' permission, left school, came in to record. We're grateful for her. Pray for all of our Watermark students who will be gathering tonight all across the city of Dallas in their small groups. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.